Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My cardinal mistake was not telling uh, my husband that the set was in good condition. I just assumed that he would kind of know that because I, I, I wouldn't want to buy something that was $2,000 but in, in shoddy condition. And so he went it with his brother. And- Does that need saying? Does that really need saying? Does that need saying? This is the plaintiff, Natalia Bull. She says she purchased a dining room set from the defendant, and when she got it home, it was all scratched up and damaged. The defendant misrepresented the condition of the furniture. She's here suing for the $1,240. She feels she's owed. This is the defendant, Denise. She says the plaintiff's boyfriend picked up the dining room set in an SUV, not a truck, and she thinks he scratched it up during the careless transport. Bottom line, she sold her a great dining room set in good condition and owes nothing. She's accused of a gross misrepresentation. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $400 for attorney's fees. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Bull, you were looking for a dining room set, and what uh, venue did you start looking for it on? Facebook Marketplace, yeah. People advertise their used stuff, and um, you guys come up with a price, and then you pick it up, just like any other Craigslist or any other forum like that. All right, so tell me what happened in this one. Um, So I was uh, just browsing for a dining set for our home, um, and I really love the brand Restoration Hardware. I think they make really great quality furniture. And um, I typed into the search engine of Facebook Marketplace, Restoration Hardware Dining Set, and I came across what looked like an absolutely beautiful set. Uh, It was very distinctive looking. And what what really caught my eye about the set is the table, the dining table was no longer being produced by Restoration Hardware, and you couldn't really buy it from them directly. And I just really loved the elegance and thought that it would look great um, in our home. So uh, I saw the advertisement. The initial post was for $2,200, and it described the set as an overall good condition. It said that the table was always covered and in pristine condition and that the chairs had some wear and may have some staining and that the staining could be- Actually, you have, you kept, uh, you did something which is good. You, you, you screenshot the actual advertisement, which everybody should do anytime they buy something on Craigslist or Marketplace or in any other internet 
uh, deal here. And in that picture, the table looks really good, doesn't it? You don't see scratches or anything in that picture, do you? No. So then what happens? So I looked uh, at the pictures. There were a few. Uh, the chairs looked to be in very good condition. Um, and so I assumed if there was any wear that it could easily be removed, uh, you know, without or some cleaning product. So you agree on what price? Um, the seller was unable to sell the set and she lowered the price to 2000 on the ad. Um, so when I reached out to her, I asked to confirm whether the price was 2200 or 2000 and she told me that she would sell the set for 2000 firm, and there was no negotiation. And I said, that's fine. Um, would you be willing to hold the set until my husband and his brother are willing to are able to rent a truck, like a moving truck, to come and pick it up? We live in Arlington, Virginia. The set was located in Staten Island. How long after buying it and, you know, deciding on 2000, how long did it take you to go pick up the, the table? A week, a month, a day? How long did it take for your, um, your, your boy, is it boyfriend or husband? My husband. Your husband and his brother to rent the truck and go to Staten Island. How long? Uh, yes, yeah, so it was less than two weeks. So I contacted the seller okay. on July 7th. They picked it up on July 26th. Got it. All right. So, and then did she require a deposit? Yes, yeah, she asked for a $500 deposit. Um, and, and then I the rest was going to be payable on the day of pickup if everything was as planned. So you send your husband and his brother to go mm -hmm. to pick up the table. And what happens? Yes. Yeah, so um, my, my cardinal mistake was not telling uh, my husband that the set was in good condition. I just assumed that he would kind of know that because I, I, I wouldn't want to buy something that was $2,000, but in, in shoddy condition. And so he went it with his brother. And, does that um, need you know, saying? Does that really need saying? Does that need saying? Hey, don't pick it up if it's all damaged. All right. So go, does your husband call you right. from, from there? Uh, yes, he does. I actually have my husband. Uh, if I can bring him in as a witness, he can recount. Oh, we're going to bring him in as a witness. Yes, in just one okay. second. But first I'm asking okay. you, did he call you? Did he call you from there? Um, I, I don't believe he did. I think he sent me a text message saying that he got the set and that they were on their way home. Um, and okay, so they let me hear from you, Ms. Denise. According to you, they arrived to pick up the table. And do they say anything about the condition of the table, Ms. Denise? No, nothing. But I'm like shocked that this is even happening right now. <laughs> no one was forced to okay. buy a table. Right. I mean, they came right. to inspect so it. That was my understanding. And then he, they look at it and then they load it up. And how did they load it up? So my mother-in-law told me at the time even that it was really, she was nervous because they were loading it up. We had provided like moving blankets and stuff like that so that they could, you know, handle it and not scratch it. This is a beautiful vintage, you know, oak set, fluted set. We didn't want anything to happen to it. So we, we provided well, some blankets, but they were not, stuffing it's it. It's not vintage. It's, the, it's, it's restoration hardware. It was manufactured a well, few years ago. Well, that's what the ago. name of it is. It's, it's, called, it's called, I know, vintage. the name of yes. it is vintage, and I love <laughs> restoration hardware, so don't get me wrong. But in any event, it needs to be protected, obviously. So you guys they actually provided blankets? Yes, I provided moving blankets for it. Um, but it was put into a van. Like my mother-in-law was saying that she was nervous because they were stuffing it into a van. And so I think that, you know, they had, I mean, I spoke to him on the phone when he inspected it. He said everything was great and asked us, you know, how he would send the money. I don't really understand any the, of this. Can I, can I ask you, Ms. Bull, how long did it take you to get upset? Like, in other words, the uh, second they got home, you said, what is this? 
Exactly. They arrived that evening around, I think, 11 o'clock at night. I un unveiled the set. Um, the chairs were covered in these red cushions, um, which stained the fabric. I didn't take pictures of <clears throat> the red stained fabric. <clears throat> But um, it was it was quite visible, and the table was far from in pristine condition as was advertised, um, and the chairs were just filthy. They were covered in what resembled human sweat stains. Um, they were broken. Uh, so two of the chairs were broken, um, dinged up. And, you know, this set was purchased for me from my husband as a birthday present. So I knew that he would take great care in not damaging it during transport. Let's hear from your husband. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. Okay, my dear. How long have you been married to your wife? A little over a year. How long have you guys been together? Three and a half years. So you know her pretty well, right? Yeah. So you get there and this stuff is damaged and you don't tell her? You know her standards. Uh, that's true, but my wife does restore stuff. So as a side gig, okay. she does uh, get uh, things used, restore it, and resell it. Uh, so I know that she does restore okay. stuff. If she had already dropped $500 on this thing and want, it was expecting me to come home with this and we'd kind of have had a fight <laughs> about that. I didn't want her to spend $500 on it until it was seen, but she had already done that and it's just like, Okay, we're good. I was going with the mindset of we're just picking this thing up. Okay, so um, when you get there, what was your impression of the furniture and its condition? Yeah, so we get there. Um, as uh, the plaintiff said, she, it was her mother-in-law who was there. Um, so they, they were stored outdoors. They were not in a climate-controlled place or anything. They were stored outdoors. The table was covered. We lift the cover of the table, and it looks like a decent-shaped table, not a pristine table. But, you know, there's scratches, there's, um, uh, you know, some discoloration, but nothing that could be treated with, uh, you know, some, some, some touch-up. If I had known that the standard was pristine, I would have known that that was an issue. But it looked like something that So why didn't you know? If you're looking at it and you're, uh, uh, according to a statement you provided, you were horrified at the condition. If you're so horrified, why don't you call your wife and FaceTime? Like, how is it that if it's so horrifying, you don't just show your wife, hey, this okay with you, this okay with you? That's the whole point, isn't it, of not paying the rest of the money until you see it? I suppose so. In my mind, we were out $500, and it was sunk costs, and we'd kind of already had a fight about it, and I was there to pick it up. Is that really what's in your mind, sweet pea? That you're out five hundred dollars, so you smack another fifteen hundred and take the thing all the way back to Arlington? Is that why, or is it that you look at it and you figure this was the deal? Let me ask you, Miss Denise. You weren't there. Your mother-in-law was there, correct? Correct. Yes. And do you know whether he contacted her at all by phone? You know, and made any phone calls or anything while he was there? Or you don't know? I don't know that for sure. All right. Um, so, uh, let me have your wife back. You've done enough damage. Let me have your wife back. <laughs> okay. Ms. Bull, why, if you have been with this man for three years, okay, do you send him to inspect furniture when you know that his standards are not the same as yours? And I say this as a woman who has been with her husband for 30 years, okay? If you, if, the, if you needed to inspect it yourself to see if you were going to take it, then you FaceTime with him or you Zoom with him or you do something. But you sent him to pick it up. He is your agent in this contractual transaction. And this is an as-is-sale, as-is-everything that is sold, that is used. Your point to say, hey, wait a second. Nah, 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 nah. We're not going to take it. 
This is way, this isn't a condition, by the way, I, to say nothing of the fact that the pictures in the advertisement do look pristine, but so I don't know where the damage happened, but let's assume that every bit of damage happened before your husband showed up there right. and he sees it and he's aghast. At the moment when you're aghast is the moment when you call your wife and FaceTime and make sure that it's acceptable. And I know that you've already, you know, you're in an SUV and everybody's driven from Arlington all the way to Staten Island. Yeah, those are the issues that happen when you buy something, you know, several states away. Yeah. You know, it might be a good idea to do FaceTime before you give the $500 or to have a video and make sure everything is perfect for you. But when you agree to purchase something in the used marketplace, your time to say you lied in the advertisement is when you're standing there and looking at it. It's, I, and I you sent a representative to do that. And you, you know, it's on her that your representative didn't have your same standards? Your Honor, if you would let me speak, um, I would like to yeah, say- Yeah, I've let you I speak, was, but I need you to address exactly what I'm saying. Because Lee, <laughs> I just want you to address, give me the answer to what I'm saying. Because the problem is you agreed to buy it for 2000 Then you sent your agent over there and your agent looks at it. And your agent says, yes. looks good to me and gives another $1,500. You tell me then how that as-is transaction that happens there after a chance to inspect, because it's not like she shipped the stuff to you. Your husband was there, and he could have said, oh, I'm not taking this. But that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. He was expected to come home with it. He thought you were going to be refurbishing it, and it was your, your birthday gift. He, so I have know, never refurbished it, furniture in the past, okay? Um, they, they were collectible dolls. Oh, why did he say you did? Oh, he didn't say I refurbished Why did your husband furniture? say that? He said, I, oh. I fix things up. And specifically, he was talking about collectible dolls. Okay, American Girl okay. Vintage okay. Pleasant Company dolls. Seriously, Secondly, why I did you never... send him? Okay, that makes it worse. Why did you send him to go? Why did you go with because him? Because he's my husband and I trust him. You know, because you assume that your husband is of the same mindset. And, you know, I made a miscalculation. However, under the Uniform Commercial Code, you have a reasonable period of time to inspect the product. And immediately when I was able to physically inspect the product I saw that it was severely damaged I that night contacted the defendant I tried to contact her repeatedly she was on vacation allegedly with her husband she did not get back to me until the next morning immediately upon I was my husband was accused of damaging damaging the set if you look at the extent of the damage, if you look at the nature of the scratches and the dings, and if you look at the staining on those okay. chairs. We don't have to, and I'm going to tell you why. No, stop, stop, stop. You're wrong on the law. You don't have a reasonable, this isn't Macy's. You don't have a reasonable time after you've conducted the transaction to, quote, inspect it. You have one moment in time, and that is when your husband was there and looked at it. It's an as-is sale. That means there's no returns. She is not Macy's, okay? So if at that moment he takes it, that's it. It's buyer beware. You are done. I don't, I don't know whether your husband damaged it or not. I'm, I don't, we don't need to know. There's, there's no reason to try to conclude who damaged it. It just doesn't matter. I'm sure he was careful, you know? And I'm also sure that when your husband came home and you saw it, you yelled at him. You know how I'm sure? Because I've been living that for 30 years. I know exactly why. You make an agreement to buy this thing for $2,000, and if when you go to pick it up, you have an objection, don't pay the other $1,500, and don't take the merchandise. And then you sue for the $500 back if she won't give it back to you, which I am sure she would have. 
okay? But you don't get to then to take it, accept it, complete the legal transaction in the eyes of the law, and then somehow, as is, is different for mere mortals than it is for you, Ms. Bull. It isn't. It's the same law. It's applicable to you. You don't have a reasonable time to change your mind and get your money back. My ruling Honor, in this case I, is in favor of the defendant. We're done. Well, it didn't work out for the plaintiff in this case. Ms. Bull, you wanted to say something else to Judge Millian. What was it? What did you want to say to her? I'm sorry, but pardon? you don't understand the Uniform Contract Code, if that's what you're saying. I'm also an attorney, and I understand how contract transactions work, and she was improper in her interpretation. Well, you disagree with the judge. Well, you're certainly entitled to do that, and you are an attorney. Okay. Well, that's it, but the judge rules here, and that's the way it goes. All right, let's see what the defendant has to say about that. Ms. Uh, Denise, are, are, you, are you sorry that all of this happened to this furniture issue? Uh, I'm actually just surprised that this became an issue um, because there was the opportunity, obviously, to inspect it. No one forced anyone's hand. Um, and I know that this was kind of personal for Ms. Ball because I think her and her fiancé at the time had just been arguing. So I think it was she, was, she mentioned she was an attorney and that this was very personal to her. Um, but I'm glad that the judge was able to see, you know, what was fair and um, and that justice was served. Okay, very good. Well, congratulations. Very interesting issues in this case. Let's join Harvey now, see what he has to say about it. He's also an attorney. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a lesson here because this is really interesting. The plaintiff is suggesting that there is something called the Uniform Commercial Code, we call it the UCC, uh, which says that items have to be in merchantable condition, meaning that they have to be good enough that they serve the purpose for which they were built. The problem is the UCC does not apply to private sales. It only applies with retailers or manufacturers. So in this case, it's a private sale, and in a private sale, you take your chances, unless you get a warranty. Hey, Judge Maryland, did you learn a skill or something during quarantine, and are you still doing that? That's from Claudia. I'll tell you what, I have friends who did so much during quarantine. They used their time so wisely. I have one friend who really got into photography, took a lot of classes, and is actually doing, you know, she's being hired by friends of hers to, to do professional photography. I have another friend who learned French. I feel like I squandered my entire COVID time. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like I've had so much downtime. I could have learned how to uh, perfect cold fusion in the garage <laughs> or, or create a suitcase new. We organized a lot, didn't yeah. we? And we cooked more. We, we certainly cooked more, and we've Definitely. gotten better at that. We cleaned the garage. Over yeah. and over. <laughs> in fact, I cleaned out. Again. I cleaned so much. I cleaned out stuff that I later realized I needed, like they were right. part of my oven that we've kept for ten years or twenty years. Right. And then, and fine, and then, then I got rid of it, and then and Thanksgiving, oh I'm like, God. oh my God, I'm missing oven parts, and I went right. back to the Goodwill to see right. if they, uh, we had psychotic cleaning up during. <laughs> so I went back to the Goodwill to see if I could buy my own piece back, and it was right. long gone. But I mean, I, it's just... listen, I think the greatest thing, your greatest accomplishment during this whole COVID thing, is helping me create a person cave oh, person in one cave. part of the garage. This one bay of the garage the car will be parked in the driveway and that's going to be the person what are you going to do in there uh, i'm going to uh because you you've know, had a year to make that and you still haven't made that either i know yeah. it's a work in progress but we have a great rug you've got a rug that's coming in that says um i'm pretty sure my last words are going to be watch this and hold my beer or something like that. <laughs> a crazy thing like that so if that rug ever ever shows up we'll throw that down on the floor and i got an old 35-year-old pinball game in there. I know. So. I listen to it every night. Right. 
So that's fun. You know, the, kid, the kids came home during COVID and they looked at us and, and said, it's like your people are in college again or something. There's no food in the fridge. There's a pinball machine in right. the garage. Right. You know? right. So basically that's it. You perfected pinball and yes. uh, I, I, I became a compulsive organizer. This is the plaintiff, Kenneth Curtis Floyd. He says he and the defendant worked together as lifeguards, and he loaned her money on numerous occasions, and she won't pay him back. If she thinks she can get away with ripping him off, she has another thing coming to her, because he's here suing her for the $2,680.50 he's owed. This is the defendant, Marie. She says she and the plaintiff were friends. But when he made a move on her and she rebuffed him, everything changed. Bottom line, this money the plaintiff is suing her for was money he gave her to buy things and to use together. Oh, him? No way. She's accused of drowning a guy out. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims the defendant owes him money for a bunch of loans that he fronted her and got stiffed, but the defendant says the money he gave her was to buy marijuana for him and she owes him squat. It's the case of the friendship that went up in smoke. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Floyd, tell me what's going on here. Why are you suing Ms. Marie? All right, so she would ask me for a certain amount of money. And me being her friend, I did not deny her of it, so I did. This went along from June until September, and I always reminded her how much she owed me. It was never the fact that um, I was giving her money and this was sharing, and it wasn't the fact that it was, I made a move on her. So in September, she woke up one morning and called me and said to me, oh, um, so yeah, this tab is getting bad with you. Um, what works with me is that I'm going to start paying you $100 a week because that's easy on, on, on my pockets. So we both agreed on that agreement, and this was a verbal agreement that we did in person. So um, I started noticing um, along September and all throughout October that she wasn't making these $100 weekly installments to me. So I asked her about it, and like she always would do is, oh, yeah, don't worry. I got you on Tuesday. I got you on Tuesday. Or I would get you on, my, on, on Friday when I get paid. This but, okay, so I, I see you, you've submitted into evidence a series of money going from your, um, you know, through, what was it, Venmo? What was the, the medium yes. that you used? So the first, to, okay. um, so yes. And then is, some of them are uh, twice in one day, which is kind of weird for a loan. That's, yes. so I'm, I'm trying to, and they're weird amounts too. So, yeah. um, do you have any text back and forth between the two of you where she says, hey, can you loan me $90? And then I can match that to the Venmo where you send her $90? Or um, is so, your proof dependent on the Venmo receipts? Uh, so I do not have that. In order to get those, I would have to get a subpoena. And I, um, Sprint would not let me uh, ask those text messages. Even though, um, even... Uh, your own text messages? Why would you need a subpoena yes. for your own text messages? Nobody, nobody well, needs a subpoena I, for their own. Well, I was told that I would need a private investigator to access those text messages because it is um, against their security protocols. But it's your own text messages. They're yours. You can yes, save correct. them if you... That's correct. Right. Yes, All you is need correct. is to go on it online to see the history that's there. I don't understand uh, that. But anyway, what's the total amount that you're suing her for that you say she owes you? 
So the total amount um, that it comes out to be was 3,700. This was all in total, either cash uh, and Venmo and Cash App um, transactions. So you did mention before that some of these transactions was uh, at a weird amount, correct? And uh, to sometimes be in the same day. So what, what, what would normally happen is uh, she will call me and you know, she will always call me and we're always on, we're always out together. More or less, it wasn't a relationship, so I don't, I don't want any misconceptions or whatever I'm, I'm being accused of. So yeah, I, those, those are the cash, that's what's the money that she asked for. And I never really asked, I don't really, I didn't, I just wanted, I wanted to know that I would receive the money back. That was always the agreement, and she knew that as well. So there's no text, no email, no promissory note. No, there's no. This is the, all, this the is Venmo. This. All right. So Ms. Marie, he says that you owe him thousands of dollars. What do you say, Ms. Marie? Most of the money that he did loan me, I did pay him back. Um, every time that I said I was going to pay him back for the money that he did loan me, I did end up paying him back, and I have the receipts for that on Cash App. But most of the time when he did send me money, it's either when we were together hanging out and I would get whatever, like the recreational drugs or alcohol from the person. So he would send it to me for me to get it. So that's why it's adding up to how much it is. But most of the money we use together. So I don't I'm not understanding. So he would pay for it and you were supposed to pay back? Or he would pay for it. And you no, were the money to pay that half. The money that would, I'm not done. Or he would. No, I'm not Sorry. done. Hold on. Or he would pay for it, and you're not supposed to pay him back at all. I'm not understanding what your position is. The occasions that I did not pay him back, he did not say that I needed to pay him back. But when he did that, when he did say that I need to pay him back, I did. Well, okay. Where is your evidence that you paid him back? You you said that you had submitted into evidence. There we go. Give me one second. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mr. Floyd, I'm seeing a total of $927 in payments back to you. Why is he saying that you only paid 645, Miss Marie? I'm not sure. I how much did you, much you? How much of this was loans? Tell me how much of this was loans. Probably a thousand. All right, and I see that you paid back 927. Yes. So, do you agree that you still owe him money, or do you think you don't owe him money? I probably owe him a little bit more, probably like another hundred, two hundred at most, but not three thousand dollars. And your position is that you don't owe him that other money because what? It was spent on drugs? Yes, that we both did. What kind of drugs? Marijuana and alcohol. So some of it was drugs and some of it was alcohol? Yeah. Okay. And uh, did you pay for any of that or you expected him to foot your bill the whole time? No, um, whenever I didn't have it is when he would pay or when we so were So what do you think? Okay, I so he it. was being generous because you were friends and he was picking up the tab. That's your position on the drugs and the mm -hmm. alcohol. Is yes, that correct? He, yes. All right. So then why do you think he's suing you now? What happened to make him sue you now? Well, our relationship kind of turned in the end of September, the beginning of October. Um, when we were hanging out one time, he tried to make a move on me, and I respectfully denied him. And after that, we started talking less and less, and we would only, like, talk probably, like, once or twice a week, supposed to, like, how we used to talk every day. 
And then probably like a month after that is when he just texted me saying that I owed him $3,700. Okay. And was that a surprise to you because he had never mentioned it before? Yeah, basically. Like he never like flat out like came and told me, oh, you owe me this much, this much. And he kept like telling me or whatever. It just came out of nowhere kind of when we stopped talking. Well, okay. But I see on one of your payments that you put weekly. Why are you putting weekly if it's not something that you realize you were supposed yeah, to keep paying? Um, well, I realized that half of the money that we did, that he did loan me, wasn't going all to me. It wasn't just, oh, loan me money and I'm going to use it for something for myself. It was loan me money. It wasn't loan me money. It was he's going to hold down the tab because we were hanging out and we wanted to do things that we were doing. You didn't answer my question. Why did you write in the memo line weekly payments if they're not supposed to be weekly payments? Well, after the fact is when I realized that half of the money he was loaning me wasn't all that I owed him back. Like, it wasn't everything. Well, you know, every okay, so what, at the time when you wrote the words weekly payment on the payment, how much did you think you owed him? Probably like 1000 200 1300 at most. And then how much did you pay after that? I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't have the receipts in front of me. Wow. You know, honestly, this is how you people do business or this is how you have money flow back and forth and then I'm supposed to make sense of it. Okay, so I see a text from you to her on November 27th. Yeah, so 3700 you've asked me for. And she says, LOL, I could tell you what you could do, but let me not. And you say there's literally nothing for you to say otherwise how and when I will be receiving my money. I need installments. You was doing it before, you can do it now. Yeah, you're smoking crack. Go do more acid and leave me alone. Don't be surprised when you get blanked up. Leave me alone for the last time. Oh, that's a threat. Let me see your, um, here we go, the bank statements. So why would you loan her on, like for example, let's just take this as an example, because this is the stuff that I do find a little strange. If you make a loan of $300 on August 11th, why are you adding okay. another 60 bucks the next day, and then the next day after that another 55, and then the next day after that another 30? Loans don't really look like that. Loans, loans yeah. are one time and then time passes, and then it's silly if you keep loaning when they're not paying you back yet, but you know, yes. these look like payments for something as opposed to loans. When I see it that way, convince me otherwise. All right. So how this went, how this always went down was, uh, like she said, um, she would ask me for something and it was never the fact that I was supposed to flip the bill. She would tell me the price. She would tell me one price. So, oh, so it costs $300, right? And then she would say, oh, And what's it and that, that we're talking about? Like, 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 like she said, oh, it was marijuana, right? So... Like, okay, I so, and then you're suing her for it. all of it, so she should foot your no. marijuana bill? No, no, no. Right, no, but you are suing her for every penny that... Yeah, yeah. Okay, but hold on. You're yes. suing her for yes. every penny that you forwarded to her. No. Then it starts to look like you made a move on her and she rejected you. And you're angry, because no. why would okay. you sue for all of it if you know that you're supposed to pay half? Like, you understand what I'm saying? So did you make a move on her? We've always kissed. That was about, about it. Always a kiss. I never asked for it. Never, never asked for it anymore. I never... I just wanted to hang out with her. That's basically what it was. Nothing more, nothing less. But was it romantic so or this... wasn't it? Oh, no. Oh, no, it wasn't, to be honest with you. I knew that she was talking to other guys, and uh, I don't know if she know that I was doing what I was doing, but it was never the fact that, you know, uh, I made a move on her, and now I want all the money back. Like, I, I, I told her that she had a tab, and she was like, all right, so I can't pay all that. 
And this at the time, um, her tab was about two thousand twenty eight hundred. It was not the flipping the bill of it was the fact that she made a verbal agreement with to pay off all the times that she hasn't given you money and she was supposed to give you money and she said that she was supposed to give you money. But why do you keep footing the bill if she never has money? I mean, the only reason to do that is if you're sweet on her. So you think she was using you? I never said that. I never, I never thought that. No, I'm yeah, asking you, never... do you feel like she was using you? Well, it wasn't the fact of using me. I know that, you know, I trusted her that, that she was going to pay me back. I was seeing her almost every week. And um, so... Like, I didn't have any doubt in my mind that she wasn't going to pay me back. I've you know, always, can I give you, you know, a piece of advice? If someone owes you yes. money and you want to be able to prove they owe you money, it'd be really, really great if you actually yes. had tech, had text to show me yes. that show that she, yes. these were loans or whatever else. Ms. Uh, yes. Ms. Marie, you know, when I asked you the question, how much did you owe him? You said, I don't know, 1200 1300 I mean, why aren't you keeping tabs of money that you know you're going to have to, at some point, pay? You just because thought you weren't going to have to pay? No, most of the time it wasn't brought up that I needed to pay. It just wasn't like sometimes it was and that's the times that I paid back. But most of the times uh -huh. it wasn't brought up that I needed to pay back. And is this money spent on going out? Some of it marijuana, no. some of it alcohol at a bar. What is the money spent on? I'm asking Ms. Marie. Um, just marijuana and alcohol. That's it. It's not going out to like, like to clubs or anything. It was just like me and him hanging out alone. And we would usually go half and half, but whenever I didn't have the half, he would just get it. Is there something I'm missing here, guys? Is there something I'm missing, Mr. Floyd? Um, I, um in terms of what, ma'am? In terms of what is going on between you two? In terms uh, I mean, of- To be honest with you, you know, that this whole situation is weird enough. Like, I, like I, she's she's telling, uh, she's saying to you that um, I never reminded her. You know, it's kind of taking advantage of the fact that I've seen her most of the summer, and I've did, you know, reiterate to her that your your balance, and I've showed her your balance, and I've showed her 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 transactions in the car with her. Um, so it's like it's, it's completely like, you know, out of the blue to hear this in, um, right now. So I don't really understand. Like this was this was never a move to get back at her. I honestly, this I told her that um this was, these were the conditions. Is all of this for marijuana? Oh uh, yeah. So that the, like like she said, the agreement was she was she would go half, but half of the time she wouldn't go half. Yes or no? You know, yes or no? Is it yes, all? I, I was said, a simple question. Yes. Is it all for marijuana? I said yes. Ma okay. I said yes. Okay. Give me one moment. Okay. Thank you. Give no me problem. one moment. Mr. Floyd, you know the problem that we're having is manyfold. Um, First, I would highly recommend that if you expect somebody to pay you back, that you have some proof that the things were loans. But second, which is of greater concern, is that you are trying to enforce a contract for her to pay her bill on a marijuana tab. And even though it's decriminalized in your state, it is still a violation of the law. It's just not a misdemeanor. So you're asking me to enforce something that is a violation of the law. And even if I would like to, I'm in a position where I cannot because judges cannot enforce contracts that are against public policy. And despite the fact that it's decriminalized in your state, you still get a ticket for it. It is still against 
the law in your state. You're just not facing the misdemeanor for under a certain amount. So even if we assume that all of these amounts were under that certain amount, they probably were, you're still, still violating and uh, the law of New York, and you can still get a ticket for it. Ergo, I cannot order her to pay you back for this. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. No problem. Wow, how about that? Uh, Mr. Floyd, let me ask you, what do you think of what the judge just said? She can't force you to, uh, her to pay you back because it's really not legal. I don't really know what to think about that, to be honest with you. I don't. Well, you well, you got to learn the lesson the hard way. Uh, you were buying marijuana with it, and uh, she can't force she can't force the defendant to pay you back for that. You're out of luck. You were suing for twenty six hundred dollars, and you get zipped. Well, let's talk to Marie, the defendant on here. Marie, what do you think about this? I mean, you're off the hook because of what the money was was for. What do you think? Um. I feel like it worked out in my favor. I feel like the money was only an issue because he tried to make a move on me and I turned him down, but it worked out for the best. Well, look, you're lucky here. My goodness, very lucky indeed. What do you think of this, Harvey? Fascinating case. Well, Doug, here's the thing about this case, and it's very interesting. This is a New York case, and at the time the case was litigated and at the time that this dispute occurred, uh, marijuana was not legal in New York. It was reduced kind of to a traffic ticket, really, but doesn't matter. I mean, it wasn't legal. It is legal now. They just passed the law. The thing is, that law doesn't reply, apply retroactively, so the plaintiff's out of luck. Does the judge pick out John's clothes, shop for him? Thanks, Cheryl. Well, Cheryl, when I met John, he came to see a group of us at a uh, local hangout at a bar. In Coconut Grove. In Coconut Grove. Right. And you walked in to Senior Frogs wearing a shirt and pants that had been in the dryer for maybe a week. Yeah, yeah. And my friend Mary good. started laughing. She goes, oh, because she knew I was interested in you. And she was like, look at his clothes. I'm like, honey, I can work with that. <laughs> so at the time, John only wore a t-shirt and jeans that he, you know, t-shirts and jeans that he'd had since college. And then somewhere- As soon as the tie came off. At, well, no, no, yes. And, right. and like suits off the rack that you bought, right. you know, they were That's all, you had four navy blue suits. Yeah. Now he dresses himself. He picks out fantastic work clothes and he's still wearing the same t-shirt and jeans from college. That's so I think true. you gotta up your, your casual <laughs> game. That's my opinion. But your work yeah. game is pretty much all you. But you know what? You're the one who kind of pointed me in the right direction because it is true. I didn't dress well when I met you. Uh, it's a long time ago now. And I didn't have any real fashion sense. I think a few times maybe you saw me in like conflicting plaids. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really belong in the same room. For they the, never like, actually happened, but that's body. what I would say. I would right. say, that's a conflicting plan. You can't right. do that, you know? Right. <laughs> okay, that'll do it for this session of the People's Court. We'll see you next time.